Welcome to the Commission Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Bryant, and every month I coach you to develop leaders like Jesus did by examining how he interacted with five groups of people, the lost, the crowds, the followers, the disciples, and the leaders. At Commission Leadership, it's our mission to provide connection and coaching for pastors. We help leaders like you take a biblical approach to leadership development so you can lead like Jesus, find more volunteers, and develop leaders from the crowd. Hey everyone, this is the Commission Leadership Podcast. I'm your coach, Wes Bryant, and I thought I'd start by sharing a little bit about my last week. So I just got back from the National Children's and Youth Ministries Conference, and this year it was out in Colorado Springs. And uh, I'd like to tell you that I took some time to, to go out, see the mountains, check out the Garden of the Gods, uh, all the cool things to do around here. But I was actually pretty lame. I mostly just uh, stuck to the conference schedule, uh, but met lots of great people. And I'll tell you, that was, uh, I think, the highlight of my week, just meeting so many great leaders um, who are really on fire for Jesus. And uh, I met, you know, student pastors that have been doing this for 30 years, which uh, is an anomaly in our day and age to see anyone, you know, serve a church for that long. So that was tremendously encouraging. Um, But also just meeting young leaders who've been doing it for maybe a few months to just a few years and to to feel their energy um, and excitement about really the the opportunity we're given uh, to serve, to be able to do this uh, as our vocation. And uh, it was just a wonderful week. You know, if there are two things that I really took away from this conference, first, it's that Jesus is alive and active in this world. And and so just as a reminder to you, whatever circumstances uh, you find yourself in right now, maybe life is kind of hard, maybe things are going great, or maybe you're kind of in between where things are just routine. Uh, Maybe your walk's just, it's not good or bad, it's just, it's fine, you know, regardless of the circumstance. Jesus is with you. He is alive. He is working. He is doing amazing things in your heart and in the people around you. So the other thing that I was just really affirmed in uh, is that the challenges of leadership are very real for all of us. And we need more leaders in our churches. And so if you're listening, that's my hope to help you grow as a leader and to develop more leaders who are doing ministry with you. And so thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I hope this episode is valuable to you. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, you know that this is part three in a five-part series about our biblical framework for leadership development. To say that Jesus you know, strategically used this framework in his ministry is, I think, a bit of a stretch, so I won't say that. But I do think it's a helpful frame uh, for looking at the different groups of people that he interacted with and ultimately how he made leaders. And hopefully through this framework, this can be a tool that will allow you to develop leaders in your ministry as well.
Just as a recap of the five groups of people that we see Jesus interacting with in the Gospels, we have the lost, the crowd, the followers, the disciples, and the leaders. Throughout this series, I'm talking about some characteristics of each group, along with the primary movement that we see them make towards Jesus. And hopefully this helps you identify which groups you're connecting with as a leader and where you can get better. In the last episode, we talked about the crowd. The crowd consists of people who are all gathering to Jesus for something they need. But you can't tell whether someone is lost or a follower or a disciple or a leader just by looking at them. Today, we're talking about the third group that Jesus interacts with in his ministry, the followers. And before I talk about the characteristics of this group, I want to start by saying that I think our churches have done just a tremendous job of shepherding and teaching, <laughs> teaching, uh, of shepherding and teaching this group of people. We see this with the multitude of resources that are available to help form people in their faith. As an example, I'm going to guess that most, if not everyone who's listening, if you have a smartphone, has the Bible app on your phone. This is an amazing resource, and it's an app that was designed by LifeChurch. And they decided to give it away for free because they wanted everyone who wanted a Bible to be able to, to access one without any barriers. I think that's awesome. In addition to all of the resources and Bible studies, video series, etc., that we have, um, our churches have really made small groups and Bible studies a priority for helping people follow Jesus in community with other followers. So if you're listening and you're a pastor or a small group leader, or volunteer in your church, I just want to affirm you and say, keep doing the things you're doing to help people grow in their faith. Because we've done such a good job with this group in our churches, a lot of what I'm going to share with you today is probably going to sound very familiar. But hopefully this is a good refresher for you as we explore each group in this series. So to help set up this episode, one of the best examples of scripture in my opinion, that mentions the followers of Jesus is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. See if you can recognize three of the five groups mentioned in this story. It says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables and saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And when the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. 
other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 times as much. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve disciples, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But for those who are outside, everything comes in parables, so that while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and it would be forgiven them. Did you notice the three groups in this story? You have the large crowd that is gathered to Jesus, and then privately he meets with his followers and his disciples to expand on this teaching. When we're talking about the followers of Jesus, the defining characteristic that distinguishes them from the crowd is that the followers aren't there for what they can get from Jesus. They're there for what they can learn from him. And so we see over and over that they follow up with questions about his teachings, and they show a willingness to participate in the ministry that he's doing. And so the defining movement of the followers is exactly as their name describes. They follow. However, We really have to go a level deeper with this group in order to understand the thing that compels them to follow Jesus. And that, very simply, is their belief. The followers believe in Jesus and his message enough that they're willing to lay everything down and follow him as he travels from town to town. So how can you identify the followers from the crowds of people? that gather throughout the week in your church. In the last episode, I asked you to think about different programs you offer that draw people in the crowd together. This might be a youth group event that you put together or a men's basketball program. If you're a lead pastor or worship pastor, it might even be the crowd of people who attend your church on Sunday morning. Now, Before you push back too hard, just remember our definitions here. The definition of the crowd is that you can't tell where someone is in their faith journey just by looking at them within the crowd. And so on Sunday mornings, it's my opinion that a lot of the people who gather may in fact be believers. And and surely the purpose of our gathering is to worship Jesus. But there are also a lot of lost and hurting people in that Sunday crowd who are coming to your church to find hope, not necessarily understanding who Jesus is yet. So as you think about your ministry and the crowds of people who are gathering together at different times throughout the week, how can you identify the followers? Because if connecting with the lost is the starting point for discipleship, Connecting with the followers is a starting point for leadership development. There are a lot of things you can do to identify the followers from amidst the crowd, but I'm going to give you two of them in this episode. First, 
offer experiences within your church that allow people from the crowd to connect with Jesus. This might look like a local mission trip to serve the needs of your community, or maybe you offer to teach a needed spiritual practice like prayer or fasting to help people grow in their faith. Let me give you an example from our sports ministry. We had a men's basketball program that met every Monday night for open gym. And it was a pretty loose structure. You know, the guys came together and just played a bunch of pickup games for about two hours. And I had a leader of that program. His name was John. And uh, it was John's responsibility to oversee everything that was happening that night and really to shepherd and care for that group of men. And he would always begin each night with a short devotion and prayer. And the, the purpose of which was just to take a moment and pause and recognize that Jesus was with us. And we wanted the men to be encouraged um, and challenged, you know, for those who were non-believers, like to, to be open and consider that Jesus really is the Messiah who saves us from our sins. And for the believers who were within this crowd uh, to encourage them in their faith and hopefully empower them to be a witness within the gym. And the thing that John and I noticed with this group was that there was a significant number of men who really struggled with their emotions whenever they were losing. These were seemingly normal guys who would absolutely lose their minds when the referee would call a foul. You know the guy I'm talking about. And before I pass judgment here, let me just say, I've been that guy. Okay, so I I know, I get it. And so as John and I talked, we thought, you know, the devotions are, are good, but how can we help people connect in their faith in a more real way? And so a good friend of mine, his name is Bob Schindler. He's with Church Sports Outreach. Um, He wrote a book called Does God Care Who Wins? And the thing I knew about this group is that most of them were not readers and were not likely to participate in a Bible study. But I thought, this is a short book. It's like four chapters, and I'm not exaggerating. It's like a 20-minute read. And so the commitment level was, was very low, very attainable for this group. And John and I decided, let's just start inviting these men to, to take one night a week for a month and just discuss the ideas in this book together. And so we started advertising this to this group of men. And I'll tell you what, of the 50 or 60 people that we talked to about it, about 10 of them signed up. And it was so great over the course of that month to discover where all of these men were on different points in their faith journey, but that ultimately they really had a desire to honor Jesus on the basketball court. And it was awesome to hear them wrestling with this competing desire they had to win and how sometimes that desire to win just didn't reflect Christ as it brought out the worst of them. And it was good for me as well as someone who, you know, certainly wasn't perfect, but had had kind of been on that journey where years prior, 
I struggled with that a little bit more, but I was able to share through my testimony of how Jesus had transformed my heart about how, yeah, like this desire to win is still strong, but I'm learning to trust Jesus with my emotions. And I'm learning that I have an opportunity to represent him on the court and what a humbling experience that had been for me. So think a little bit about, you know, new ways of engaging with people, whether it be a study or some sort of service project you can do to help people who are believers within the crowd to come together and learn with each other. In addition to offering different experiences that help your people connect with Jesus, a second thing you can do to identify followers from within the crowd is to look for the people who are serving. Obviously, this starts with your volunteers, but it also includes fringe people from within the crowd who may not want to have an official title or be in the spotlight, but they're eager to help. So, for example, this is the kid in your youth ministry who stays late to help clean up. Or maybe it's the coach who arrives early and asks if you need help raising up the basketball goals before practice starts. Let me just say, and I'll talk about this more in future episodes throughout this podcast, but this framework is not meant to put people in a box. It's not our job to judge where people are on their journey. I can't determine, you know, if if you're truly lost or if you're a follower or a disciple. Um, But I hope this framework, again, is a helpful tool for you um, to serve people and to try to meet them where they are. But I also share this because, again, most of your volunteers are going to be followers. I think service is just a natural part that comes with following Jesus. So hopefully looking to your volunteers and the people who serve within your ministry is going to be a good starting point for you to know how you can best help them become more faithful followers of Jesus. This is the point in the episode where I like to turn it back to you. And so I just have a a few quick questions for you to chew on as we wrap up this podcast. As you think about the crowds of people who come into your church each week, who are the followers? What are some new ways you can identify these people from within the crowd? Who are some of the people you can start connecting with in order to help them become more faithful followers of Jesus? I hope this episode has given you some good stuff to chew on today. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode where we'll discuss the fourth group in this framework, the disciples. Thanks for listening to the Commission Leadership Podcast. If you're looking to connect with other pastoral leaders and find support to become a more Christ-like leader, I want to invite you to become one of our monthly members. 
Memberships start at just $10 a month, and not only do you get to be a part of a monthly group leadership cohort with 10 to 15 other pastors, you also get personal bi-monthly coaching sessions with me to break through your greatest challenges in leadership. Plus other great features like free podcasts behind the scenes, our monthly leadership newsletter, and discounts on every course we offer. And during our series on this biblical leadership framework, I'm offering a free limited time trial membership to our listeners. Simply click the link in the description and let's make it our goal to develop as leaders together.